0: It's five o'clock on Friday afternoon. My name's Jacob, here with you on Community Radio Station 3CR, and this is a Friday rave. Ah, shit, what a day, eh? What a day. Um, A day when I was feeling particularly up, I've got to say, and feeling really good for most of the day because I spent the day like probably I'd imagine most of you people listening um in town today with the with the young folks at the kids climate rally or student oh bugger it. you get to be as old as bloody you get to be my point and have children of your own who are older than most of the people at the thing I'd call them kids without being politically incorrect I guess the kids climate rally and it was so bloody inspiring to see so many young people on the streets talking about their future, not only their future, our future. You know, it was just, it was inspiring. And um, to, to some point, some of it were, some other, you know, shit happened that I'll, I'll get onto it. Um, you know, wasn't a weird day, you know, checking out the pollies and the commentariats' response, you know, everything from protests are great in their place, you know, but we shouldn't be taking time off school. To, you know, even Martin Daly. Now, Martin Daly, for all you people who haven't heard of him, and why should you have, he's a nothing burger after all. He's the opposition leader in New South Wales. Hopefully um, next week he wants to be Premier of New South Wales. He got down trying to be cool with the kiddies and gave his support um, to the climate change rally ahead of next week's election with a lot of caveats. But, hey, you know, you know, but anyway, there's all talk in the commentary, as I say, about whether it's right that kids took the day off school and whether they shouldn't. What they're not picking up is that this is a protest and hopefully the kids don't give a flying whatever, whether their pollies, their schools or their parents give them permission. One of the great things about this protest, well sure, the main fantastic thing is that kids realise that climate change is an important issue and are ready to do something about it. You know, you could Actually, call it a life and death issue, I reckon. Um, but to me, the, one of the important things is the way that the straight heads are, are responding, the bald ones, you know. Um. Hopefully, you know, the straight edge response will piss the kids off enough to help them see that they are not on their side. And hopefully, this, in my wildest dreams, will be a spark. That leads, have taken the initiative on a whole range of issues, because to my mind, the kids have been quiet for too darn long, and it um yeah. But then two things brought me down. Um, just on getting into the studio, a little while, half an hour or so before the go before the show started, looked through the news, and I see that there's this. Australian bloke Bretton Tarrett, who calls himself an average white bloke, has just shot up two mosques over in Christchurch. Now I don't know too much about it to comment too much, but he was wearing military gear, he was using a military style assault rifle, he's using the usual bullshit of um what saying racist taunts, he's talking about um muslim people taking over breeding fast um he's calling them invaders he's calling them murderers he's he's uh, you know the the crazy thing about it the crazy thing about it is that he's not saying anything anything that our political leaders from both sides of mainstream politics—they're both dog whistlers—aren't saying about Muslim people in our environments. Not just Muslim people; it's Muslim people at the moment. It was Jews once. It was, dagos uh, like me once upon a time. It's black fellas once upon a time, and it will be again. And it always is. Let's face it. This is nothing, and un- it's—it's not to be. It's—it's it's not a surprise. What is the surprise is hearing dicks like Scott Morrison um, say that it was unacceptable. What he should have said, what he meant to say is, I agree with everything this arsehole said, but he's got no bloody finesse. That's his problem. He's got even less finesse than Scott Morrison. This bloke, Brenton Tarrant, in going over to New Zealand to train and shooting up... um, people in a mosque on Friday at lunchtime at a time, you know, that's for people who don't know, that's to to a to the Christian equivalent of Sunday morning church, um, is I I look, I don't know what to say. I really I'm not often at a loss for words, but it's the hypocrisy of our leaders. This is what they want, my friends, my people. They might not want it um, to be so blatant. But what they want to do is make your average white blokes scared enough so that they're willing to do the unthinkable. And this bloke, you can, I've just spent the last 20 minutes or so looking through his so-called manifesto. It's it's nothing you haven't seen before. Half of it's out of the Liberal Party. Half of it's out of One Nation. Little bits and pieces and, Pieces are um, about anti imperialist and about workers' rights. It's – he's a total – he's not a fruitcake. He's not a nutter. He's someone who has taken on board the rhetoric of our leaders. And that's the first thing that's pissed me off, and I can't talk too much about that. The other thing that pissed me off had more to do um, with the um, – um, with some people at the climate rally. Not kids, I've got to say, but um, parents – um, having a crack again at Julian Assange and WikiLeaks. Um, unbelievable that they took, you know, they took the opportunity of being there with their kids to have a crack. But anyway, you know, that just annoyed me. But you've no doubt heard by now that Chelsea Manning's been jailed for refusing to give evidence against Julian, and against um, WikiLeaks and I guess I want to say, first of all, hats off to her, all strength to her, for standing up for her principles. But the fact of her arrest raises a couple of important issues. Now, firstly, the proliferation of posts in support of Chelsea Manning on social media, and particularly by Australian and particularly by Melbourne-based activists, you know, in some cases by the same people who've been Blackheart and Julian and undermining the work of WikiLeaks for years. But that's by the by. The number of posts supporting Chelsea yet no mention of what she actually did. That is, refused to rat on Julian and WikiLeaks in a secretly impanelled grand jury. Now surely when you call someone a hero there's an implication that you may want to emulate the actions of the said hero. But no, folks seem to be standing up for Chelsea for standing up for someone whom they're condemning. And more than that, some of these people who are making these Chelsea Manning as a hero memes and posting them all across social media are the same people who attack any support of WikiLeaks and or Julian Assange by other activists in Melbourne. You know, I've just seen in posts lately um, people being accused, falsely accused of hitting people and, you know, I was standing with the the woman who was accused for the whole day, and, you know, they confused her with someone else, basically but that being because she is a supporter of Julian Assange and WikiLeaks. Now, it's hard to know how much of the campaign um, against WikiLeaks um, in Australia, and in particular in Melbourne, which is and remains, by the way, WikiLeaks' hometown, after all, is the result of a pretty intense state operation, and how much of it's just down to the bullshit identity politics that's based on how one feels about a situation, rather than needing to ground any action or thought in actual political and economic reality. You know, if you can send a signal these days that you're more virtuous than the next because Julian is a stinky, rapey guy or the BDS campaign is anti-Semitic or Assad is a bad guy too, whatever. However you're going to take the systems, the state's line, and in pretending or even thinking that you're an activist, basically support what the state is saying while pretending or acting like you're going against what the state's saying, Who knows, but it's not either or. I reckon most of the people who sprout this shit are generally good, well-meaning people, even if they have no understanding of class or any wish to understand it. And that's the beauty of the whole operation. Now, I was talking, to call an operation, I was talking um, to a very, very dear friend of mine just recently about how activist organisations have been infiltrated and in some cases run by people who may not be all they seem. And um, they heard me out before saying that I sounded a bit like a nine eleven truther. Well, you know, maybe understand that when you're talking about these kind of police operations, there is that danger. But let's just remember one thing about this, and that's up that you know, up until late last year, when they actually let slip, and then the other day when they arrested Manning for refusing to testify. Every time we spoke about a secret U.S. grand jury that we knew was impanelled, as long ago as goes 2010, we were accused by these same activists as being conspiracy theorists. People on the left actually spread the line that we were making this stuff up to give Julian an excuse for not leaving the Ecuadorian embassy and that he should just walk. As if, they were saying, as if the U.S. could empower a grand jury to get Assange extradited and be able to keep it secret. Well, everybody knows now they could, and they did. And now that Chelsea has been arrested for her open refusal to comply, it begs another question. Who already has complied? Because surely this is not the only person they've asked. We know, we, you know, we know um, of a few. Former WikiLeaks supporter, David House, who apparently testified, admitted to testify, in exchange for a promise of immunity. Now, we know, for example of people who aren't being so open. We know former Swedish WikiLeaks staffer, Sigurd Sorensen, um, who was actively spying on WikiLeaks, and Julian in particular, for the FBI. Yep, and admitted FBI plan to the very centre of the WikiLeaks operations, immediately following um, Manning's collateral damage leaks and preceding the original accusations in Stockholm, which have since been dropped. So no doubt his information has been included in the process. And that's not even before I even mention anything about a US undercover spy working in Sweden against an Australian citizen (laughs) running a publishing company who's, you know, apparently they're allowed to do that now without anybody batting an eyelid. But what about other people who have testified, probably journos from things like the New York Times, the Guardian, the Washington Post, who made a mozza publishing documents as partners to WikiLeaks, but have since been amongst WikiLeaks' most vocal detractors since the grand jury was empanelled. Who knows what incentives were put to them? You know, now that they've gone as far as publicly arresting Chelsea for refusing to testify, they can no longer be any doubt that the others already have, in secret, and will never know what they said. Well, until some court officer... Leaks the information, leaks the transcripts to WikiLeaks. Because that's the way we find shit out these days. You know, meanwhile, we have the current National Security Advisor, John Bolton, standing by his original statements that Chelsea Manning should be executed. And we have Secretary of State Mike Pompeo coming up with a new line that Manning did not act alone but was somehow told to, force, is implied, to leak by Julian Assange. Now, none of this is all strange. You know, you know as well as I do how the system is desperate to shut down WikiLeaks, but the strange thing is that many people supposedly on the left, not just in Melbourne, but around the world, have fallen for it. Almost simultaneously with Pompeo, um, they are now claiming that Julian, quote-unquote, threw a trans woman under the bus. So while the woman in question is prepared to go to jail rather than rat on WikiLeaks, others are using her, Painting her as a victim, not of the stated imprisonment, but of Julian, who is an acknowledged enemy of the state. And again, doubling their efforts to paint Assange as a rapist. I was on Sydney Road the other night with a friend after spending the evening um, with them and others tying ribbons to the fence at St Patrick's. When we came across posters put up by the Socialist Equity Party, or Equality Party, they were advertising their post there Protest last weekend in support of Julian. The posters were defaced with the word rapist across the picture of Assange's face. Um, yeah, this is how far things have come in Melbourne. And this is why I'm angry. Because by doing that to someone, you know, that's one side of the same kind of fear and separation and everything that's, you know, it's on. It's, I understand it's a lot less, of course. I'm not an idiot, but it's the same continuum. That sends people against Muslim populations. You know, and who is it? It's little private school educated wankers trying to free themselves of their perceived privilege, not actual privilege, mind, they'll hang on to that and the property that goes with it. But they're trying to rid themselves of the perception of privilege by playing activist because they can. They're trying to turn the movement into a calling out of anything that doesn't fit into their copybook. Because, well, that's what the privileged class have always done. They see something, they like it, they try to take it. And privileged wankers have always been amongst us. And by and large, we've put up with them for various political and survivalist reasons. But surely, when it gets so far that they co-op parts of our own movement and try to make it in their own image, as the privileged have always done, slur an attack from the safety of their dens good people who actually do shit, it's gone far enough. And we need to start redefining what our movement actually is and what it bloody isn't. It is, you know. Anyway, while the US, British and Australian governments, corporations, mainstream medias, court systems and local activists are all doing what they can to try to stop the work of WikiLeaks, WikiLeaks keeps publishing. The latest dump about the blue between the Pope and the Sovereign Military Order of Malta. Probably won't interest you, unless, of course, like me, you're Maltese and you keep a passing interest in such things. But one of the bigger dumps at the very end of last year that I haven't had a chance to talk about yet might. You know, it seems that someone from the US State Department has leaked the purchase orders, or rather the tender documents, for US embassies and consulates around the world. No, no doubt, this has come through the natural tendency of bureaucracies to need everything documented and signed off, so most of these make for, let me say, a banal nights, or in my case, banal weeks and weeks of nights reading. But occasionally, you get things like a tender for a new underground fuel storage tank at the Melbourne Consulate, along with radio repeater stations set up around the consulate in Am. South Melbourne, and Kilda Roadway, um, and other telecoms equipment. You see, there's one thing to look at the co- things like the collateral murder video, and those big ticket items are bloody important. But so too are all the little things that give us an understanding of how the embassies work and point us to areas where we need to do more research. Why the fuck were there suddenly 400 tenders for the embassy in Kenya, for instance? Everything from security jobs to painting. It's all these little things. You know, like the folks I spoke about last spring who hacked Fitbit's data, which led to our new knowledge of where previously secret US bases were located in, in Africa um, due to soldiers on patrol wearing their stupid bloody health monitoring devices. It's the little things, all these constant leaks. You know, it's like the old saying, it's not the mountain that's going to kill you, it's the rock in your boot. Well, it's the same thing that helps us to attack, you know, the system all right? It's all the little bits of information. Now, who knows what our knowledge of the US consulate in Melbourne's tenders will reveal? Maybe nothing of interest, but maybe, and this is my friends, why I tend to get so pissed off with the lifestylers who manipulate their middle-class identity politics to attack and slander to the point where it makes it harder than ever to get on with the real work of investigating this shit, because good people's time is being taken away from research um, to deal with the counterattacks, attacks And because the people who we could normally use to encourage people to go through documents that are available online and just read and read and read and read, they're almost to the point in Melbourne where they're afraid of falling foul of, I don't know what to call them, you know, remember the old... Um, American teen flick about um, high schools, Mean Girls. That's what they remind me of. Herds and Curds with Carmen and Leanne, bringing you conversations with farmhouse cheesemakers and dairy producers. The first Sunday of the month at 7am on your favourite station, 3CR. 3CR Digital and 3cr.org.au It's time for Friday Raves Defence Industry Update. Anyway, sorry, I get to carved out a bit um, after all that. But I'm um, I tend to lose my temper a bit when I when I talk about assholes. For some reason, and maybe that's yeah. I don't know. Is that just me? Anyway. Um, Look, what can I say? In one of his final acts, just about defence industry now, in one of his final acts as Defence Minister, before he leaves politics to join the board of a global arms company, Christopher Pine today has opened a new SRC Electronic Warfare Research Centre in Adelaide. Now, the SRC, SRC is a wholly owned Australian subsidiary of a US company of the same name. Well, actually, it's not a company. It's a research facility that started up at Syracuse Uni, hence its eponymous acronym. Um, much like the various bits of unis like RMIT, that operate as distinct business units which allow them to keep their educational, not prof- prof- not for profit tax status while not needing to distribute their revenue back into the general. Uni funds. Anyhow, yeah, this not-for-profit, therefore untaxed and first in line for government research grants company will be working on electronic warfare weaponry for the F-35s, um, basically going into competition with Boeing's loyal wingman project that I um, spoke about a few weeks ago. I'm Helen Razor, but that's deeply irrelevant. What is relevant is that you're listening to 3CR on, what's that frequency again, dear? Eight five five, I told eight, you, Helen. Five, five, eight five five. And eight, what is five, relevant five. is that you're not listening to that other crap. So well done. Yeah, okay. Um what else has happened in Defence News? You know, I guess we can sleep more soundly in our beds tonight because um before I left home this morning I got a couple of press releases. Now the first one was that the US Department of State and Defense Security Cooperation Agency U.S. Department of State and Defense Security Cooperation Agency has finally approved Australia to spend a quarter of a billion dollars. Now you know what a quarter of a billion dollars is—that's two hundred and fifty with six zeros after it. You know we spend this money. That we've been approved to spend this money in the United States on the first tranche of our very own ballistic missile defence system. Isn't that wonderful? Now, I know, you know, coming in, I was talking to a few people from um, um the Homeless Persons U- um, Union that um were in the station doing some work on their show. And I, I know there are a few homeless folk who listen to our little community radio program. So I've just got to say, I hope you're grateful that even though the Australian government can't afford to house you probably, or give you decent health care for that matter, they do have your best interests at heart and are doing their best to make sure you sleep safely and soundly tonight and that no ballistic missiles are going to fall on your head. Well, not tonight, actually. You won't, even if it does work, be implemented for another 10 years at the cost of a few more billion dollars, no doubt. But while we're on the subject of homelessness, are you aware most people get shocked when I, when I say this, but are you aware that at least 10%, and that's one in 10 for the mathematically challenged amongst us, 10% of all homeless people on the streets of Melbourne are military veterans. You know that? Well, yeah, 10%. You know, people people always say, you know, the vets, the vets. We look after our vets and all that kind of stuff. But 10% of all the homeless people, if you see someone of a certain age on the street, chances are they're a military vet. Well, I've got especially good news for that 10% of you who are military veterans. You, or your vote at least in the lead up to the federal election, are actually worth something. The Minister for Veteran Affairs, bloke by the name of Darren Chester, has just announced $390,000. Whoopee! $390,000. The other press release, as I said, was a quarter of a billion dollars for the first payment. Darren Chester has put out a big song and dance announcing $390,000 worth of grants to help you overcome the trauma that you've experienced while throwing millions and millions of dollars of equipment at brown people from the Pacific Ocean to Africa. So, again... In between visiting your mates in rehab and going to all those dreadfully untimely funerals from suicides and substance abuse, make sure you register your swag in a bit of park where you can vote. Because your vote, my friends, just like your military service, is apparently worth something. Are you 18 years and over? Have you been stopped by a Victorian police officer or protective service officer in the last 10 years? Would you like to contribute to research that aims to inform law reform and litigation strategies to prevent over-policing? Go to policestopsurvey.online for more information and to take part. That's policestopsurvey.online, a 3CR supporter. <laughs> Global Intifada, bringing you current affairs through revolutionary and protest music from around the world. Every Thursday afternoon from 5 till 6 on 3CR. Because music is our bomb. Okay, this has been a Friday rave. That was me, Jacob, and that's about all I've got time for today. Um, The folks from Doing It For Ourselves are going to be coming in to do the Shoe Show show straight after me. I'll talk to you again next week, um,